Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, guys. DGS 306. Oh, my God. I'm afraid to even say these words. <laughs> Stairway to Kevin. Uh, uh, let's, uh, uh. let's go. <laughs> Instead of the break, it's like go. someone kicked the Hulk in the balls. <laughs> I was joking with you guys, but it sometimes I, it takes me a minute. To get out of fight mode. Oh, you think? Yeah. Yeah, just a little We've bit. Noticed. I bought you a cookie. Um, I know. I haven't had a chance to eat the cookie yet. That'll definitely do it, though. <laughs> also, one thing before you go. Uh, I know it wasn't the best throw, but when I threw you the Nutty Buddy, uh-huh. you weren't within 18 inches of that Nutty Buddy. No, I was nowhere near. You it. said that your dad always wanted an athlete, but he got mm-hmm. you and your brother. Yeah. Did you try? To catch the Nutty Buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you ah, mean like to be sports. an athlete? Oh, my goodness, did I try. I was in every single. My, my brother wasn't. My brother, they just immediately took one look at him and Gave were like, up. "There's, yeah, there's no chance." <laughs> he wore glasses at a young age, and so they were like, "He's, he's <laughs> not gonna mean anything." What? This was in the late '80s when that was like. I know. I, I got you. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Glasses for sports and a kid was a death sentence. So, uh, uh, I they put me in everything. I did soccer. Like, I did baseball. I did, I never did football because I was a tiny little did thing. Did you do baseball or did you do t-ball? I guess t-ball. Then probably <laughs> well, no, because there was some baseball involved. Okay. Um, because and I, I I did basketball, which I think I was worse at basketball than any of them. Um, there was one thing uh consistent about, across all of my sporting endeavors that my my parents love to talk about these attempts, and that is that I was constantly, and I do mean constantly being hit in a, a certain area where you would not want to be hit when you're playing sports. Regardless of the sport. Regardless of the sport. I was constantly like... You're lucky the nutty buddy didn't hit you there. Every Exactly. That's the every, name. Every, 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 every ball kicked in my direction, uh, like soccer. Let me uh, ask every, you this. Every pitch thrown, every hit. When I was when a I was kid, playing shortstop. all we did was play sports. And yep. then we would play uniform sports. Yes. But the kids who were good at Corey League baseball were good on the sandlot. Did you ever play on the Sandlot, or did you only play in organized? Only played in organized. There you go. Yeah. Yep. With I think that's except, with the exception of some some ultimate frisbee that I got into when I was in high school. Yeah. Let, let's make. I was a good ultimate frisbee. Let's make this into the stairway because I think this is interesting because we're in a spot where for a long time we've been gradually moving this way, and I don't know that there's any going back. But I talk to my guys that I coach all the time, and I ask them, "How much do you just play sports for fun?" Like, do you just play pickup basketball with your buddies? Do you ever go out and just play like, and they say, some of them say yes, like at times. But as you pointed out, Dave, I mean, it's like all we did as kids. It's literally all I did every day in the summer 
We played wiffle ball. We played football. We played basketball. I mean, and that was probably from five, six years old until I was done with high school. I mean, we were doing, we were playing pickup tackle football in high school for no reason other than it was just something fun to do. And, you know, we talk about the things that change. Um, We've talked about the freedom of like we had as kids to just kind of wander and do things. And, you know, you find your way in the world and you learn things. Is it this way too in other things? Is it, I mean, I know sports better than I know music, better than I know other activities. From your guys' experience or from the people you know, is it the same? I is think it so. more structured in all ways as opposed to just more structured oh, in sports? I, I, took your, I took your question differently. Here, let me answer what I thought you were asking. What I thought you were asking is, like, for example, uh, when I was younger, and this goes all the way through law school, I did the bare minimum when it came to learning. I had no interest in knowledge, but I had a good brain. And my kids have the same brain. We The Glovers are able to take in information quickly, regurgitate it, and then forget it. <laughs> and so I was able to do pretty well in school. But I had no interest in it. I had no love for knowledge whatsoever. Fast forward uh, to where I'm no longer in school getting grades. I love it. I love it. I read voraciously. I love to learn. I love to turn a page and know something I didn't know before. I know that sounds dorky, but it's true. But I think that's kind of analogous to like sports, that I was playing sports because I loved it. And then they're like, here, here's an opportunity to do it with the uniform. Great. There were people who did well in school who probably went home and read because they loved learning. My academic career was completely, I had a freak in my brain that I could learn stuff and quickly get rid of it, uh, but I had no interest outside. Does that make sense, everybody? Yeah. Whereas now, it's the opposite. I, I, I'd love to go back and get a PhD in something irrelevant. It would be, it'd be so much fun for me. But as far as what you're asking, I was going to ask you that. I actually wrote it down on one of my sheets right here during the show that you have your last practice, your last game, and then you're going to go back into the coaching aspect of it. If if someone said, Wheeler, we want our kid to, to be a Major League Baseball player, you're in charge. You can only do one thing, though. He can only play games or he can only do instruction. Which one are you picking? I mean, you ha- in that scenario... And I know they're both important. Yes, in that scenario, you have to play the games, otherwise you don't know how to play the game, right? You can have this, the skill set. And that's what we run into. A, I mean, I, I feel like that we're... I, I don't think it's... I know it's not just baseball. I think this is true in hockey, football, basketball, whatever. But I think you're, that we're running into people that have the physical ability to swing a bat. Like, they have a good-looking swing. They throw well. But when you put them on the field, they don't always know what they're supposed to do. Yep. And part of that is because you don't do it on your own, right? So if you think about how we grew up, and this is not a good old days thing. This is just simply how do you learn instinct for anything? How do you have an instinct for picking up music if you're hearing something and being able to play along? I mean, you see these on the, I see these guys on TikTok all the time. The big one you see, and I see it too, are the drummers. They, they, don't, they don't have the sheet music in front of them. They listen to the song, and then they try to pick it up as they go. Where does that come from? It comes from infinite repetition. That comes from playing not only when you're there with your drum instructor who's teaching you, your music teacher that's teaching you, but you're doing it in your free time and you're doing it in your fun time and you're doing it because you love doing it. And when we're talking directly about sports, I think it's the same idea. Like if I, if I were to put 
the percentage of time that my generation played for fun versus played in a structured environment. 80-20. Oh, yeah, I was going to say 90-10. Like 90% of it was what we just did on our own, what we were doing for fun, what I would do in the basement hitting off a tee. We'd go play with your friends, go play pickup basketball, whatever. And I think the people that are the best at things, like these types of things, it doesn't have to be sports. It's when it's your passion. Like you mentioned the kids that just love to read and they therefore got into learning those things. That was that was how their brains worked when they were kids. I don't know that there's a way to kind of turn back the clock, right? Because I felt like we had a lot more free time and the freedom to do those things. I agree. Um, but I don't know why. Do you guys think it's good advice, the classic do what you love, the money will find you, do what you have a passion for. Is that the best advice you could give to a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, or is it the worst advice? I don't think it's the best or the worst, but I think there's an awful lot of kids out there getting a degree in arts or something, and then they're having a hard time finding a position that's going to pay them a livable wage. So, you know, I don't think it's the worst advice in the world. I think it can work out for some people. But if your passion is like, I don't, let's say your passion is drawing, but you're not artistically gifted, then like maybe you shouldn't pursue that as yeah. a career. It's okay to also, I think it's okay to also tell kids like you can have work and hobbies separate. Like Rachel yeah, said, for if, sure. if you love drawing, it's your passion, uh, but you're not like professionally good enough at drawing, then maybe you draw as a hobby. Like I told you. Do you remember what I told you when I came to your to Lewis and Clark to speak? Uh, remember how I started it off? Yeah. I recall you saying, like, none of you are going <laughs> to. I, I talked to about 100 kids. There's just, like, and, not enough spots. And I said, look, five of you will work in radio, and two of you will stay in radio. I was probably pretty close. Yeah. But two of us. <laughs> yeah. I, I told me. I put it slightly differently, but I, 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 Ed, I tend to err more on the side of of pursuing what you love because you have an incentive to do it all the time as opposed to when it's quote-unquote work time. You don't want to ever have to get into something, if, if you can avoid it, where you only want to do that thing when you have to. Right? Okay, let's take it another another direction. Maybe... You do something that you are competent at, that you can make a living wage, sort of this new, like, better balance between work and life. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're not being an accountant isn't what you would do in your free time, but you have a, you have a talent for it. You have a good head for numbers. You get a, uh, a degree in it. You get a job with Pete Marwick. You're making 150, 175 grand a year, but it's not your life, and your life is hiking and fishing, what right? have you. Right. Which really wasn't an option given to me in my generation. Yeah. At least no one ever said it like that. Isn't that another way of kind of looking at what we're talking about? Yeah. I mean, you may not, your, your job may not be what your passion is, but your, whatever you're doing in life is in pursuit of the passion. Yeah, as long as your job doesn't make you actively sad, maybe it doesn't have to be your whole life. Right. Well, I... I think that's a really important thing that we we all make need to. I mean, it's hard because sometimes your job takes a lot of your life, right? Takes a lot of your time. But I do I do hope that people are able to separate. When I went to my first job as an attorney in a big firm, they my very first day I was starting with three other young attorneys, and they said if you're here at eight in the morning you're late, if you leave before seven at night you're leaving early. 
Saturdays are 10 to 2. Sundays are noon to 3. And I laughed. And they said, we're not kidding. And they weren't. (laughs) I mean, that they expected that to be your life. And there are some people that embraced it, but I, I, I knew really quickly, like, this is, yep. this and is then not going to work. Look at what you did, though. Almost got fired. Right, but you, all, you, but, you, but you found something that you could do and that you love to do and you like to do, and it's worked. And it doesn't always. I think that's the other important part. Like, you do have to understand that sometimes something that you want to do isn't working and you have to, you have to change. You have to find a new way to pursue something. I mean... My ultimate dream when I was a kid was I'm going to be a baseball player. Well, there was a point when I realized that wasn't happening. Time to find something different to choose. You're really scratching your back. I know. I got an itch. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want to know? I'm just having trouble taking life advice from Wheeler. I know. know, Like it's right between the shoulder blades. I didn't even think you could bend that way. No, and I have short arms and I can barely reach. I'm like trying. (laughs) I'm trying. I had a dream as a kid. It was to be able to reach my back, but (laughs) realized one day that wasn't going to work. He's breaking down life and dreams and infinity, but he's he's dislocating my You know what is going on in my brain? My brain is like, I hate this itch. He's kidding me. Well, you know, normally what I do is I get up and I do the bear thing. You find a wall and you kind of... Andrew, will you come yeah. in and scratch his back? No, I'm going to yeah, go on the wall. Gonna, I was going to... I'll come in and scratch your back. I just can't do that in the middle of a segment, you know? Please don't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating a cookie right now. <laughs> yeah, don't scratch his back. I thought we going to break. Well, Rachel has food in her mouth. <laughs> 323 DGS. Let's do some audio. What do we got? We have a ton of audio today. Let's start with the most important piece uh, really quick. Let this me is the tell you a little bit about reality, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Man, took him down. <laughs> took him down hard. So my first piece of audio for you, Dave, is Rashida Tlaib. Mm-hmm. Okay. You oh, so, yeah, this is a Fox News reporter. You know, we've all seen him walking down the hallway. And uh, they're fair game in the hallway. And this is Rashida Tlaib with her handler, big, gigantic white guy, and uh, an assistant. And uh, the Fox News person is asking, how do you feel about uh, Hamas chopping babies' heads off? And she is ignoring her and looking like she's going to throw up. And maybe you can hear it, maybe you can't. But the big handler is just like, (laughs) so here it is. short of it. What, what do you guys think of that? Well, Just- she responded today. Uh, she said, I do not support the targeting and killing of civilians, whether in Israel or Palestine. The fact that some have suggested otherwise is offensive and rooted in bigoted assumptions about my faith and ethnicity. Why don't you just stop and say that? Mm, all right. Devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. The reporter is a little, I mean, like, come on. Did did Rashida Tlaib at any point come out and say, hey, I support Hamas? Or did she say, I stand with Palestine? Because those are two different things. I don't know. Yeah. I also think that 
I think that it's okay. I think that reporter was there in bad faith. For sure. I mean, the reporter is literally following her around saying, not, do you support Hamas or can you clarify your comments? Anything like that. She's saying, do you support the beheading of little babies? Well, let me push back on that. Mm -hmm. If... I think if you're a U.S. congressperson and you're flying the flag of Palestine and you're saying that it's Israel's fault, I think it's a fair question. Do you support the killing of babies? And it's a very easy answer. No, I do not. Right. And I find it offensive that you'd even ask me that. Uh, So I'm kind of with wheels on that one. That If someone asks me something that I find ridiculous, I'm going to answer it on the spot. Yes. That's kind of my point, right? You're, You're... You're in Congress. That would be a terrible thing to do to badger an individual human being that's just a private citizen and follow them around and do all that. But this is a person that chose that as a line of work and should be able to answer those questions pretty simply, wouldn't you think? I mean, you did. I would if somebody put me on the spot like that. You just stop and say, no, that's ridiculous. I'll be expanding on my thoughts later on, but that's insane. I do not support that. And as Rachel said, it's possible to support Palestine, but not Hamas. And if you are one of the most important people in the country, but you have a history of this kind of thing, I think it's a fair question. And I think it's a very easily answerable question. And the fact that you don't answer it is troubling. I'm glad she did answer it. Yes. And I'm sure that she didn't want to answer it in that way because she was pissed because she's being badgered. Right. One more defensive Talib. She had said on Sunday that she mourned the Palestinian and Israeli lives lost yesterday, today, and every day. 335 DGS on KMOX. Happy Wednesday to you. Dave Murray joins us. Hello, Dave. Hello there. Hey, what's the line tonight? Wheels on uh, Taylor Swift being at the game. Uh, <laughs> Where are they playing? Uh, four to one. I don't know. (laughs) Are they at home? What's that? Are they at home? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're at home against, yeah, they're playing the Broncos. They are definitely the home team tonight. I don't know. The real line is 10.5. I would say the (laughs) over-under on Taylor Swift um, being there is probably 10 to 1 against. I bet bet she's there because they were reportedly hanging out in Kansas City. Uh, Well, maybe because it's home because she didn't go to Minnesota last week. but Andrew would know that. Yeah. Yeah. I follow the reports. Yeah, he got his Google <laughs> alert. His Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Taylor is near. <laughs> oh, man. He is a Swifty, you know. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm looking through my phone because I actually screenshotted Travis Kelsey's mom's response. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. To, it really was. So if she, what it was like meeting Taylor. Uh, well, just all the kerfuffle. Um, you guys can talk amongst yourselves. I'll find it. My favorite was they asked her, what was it like meeting Taylor Swift? And she goes, it was okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, What she basically said, I'll find it. But what she basically said was, I understand why people have opinions about my son and Taylor Swift, but I really don't care. And the only opinion that matters is mine. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. That's pretty good. Well, (laughs) Good job, Miss Kelsey. The only opinion that matters, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> what does she mean? The only opinion. That I think matters she might mean the hers. only one that ones that matters to her oh, is okay. hers. The only okay. person that can control who my son dates is me. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's when, you at, that when you look at it that way, off. it's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> so really, oh, dumb. here it is. Here it is. 
Hey, Wheeler, let me introduce you to reality. Let <laughs> <laughs> me tell you a little bit about reality, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin got taken to school by a caller earlier on, Dave, and he's still smarting from it. <laughs> Dave, have you heard this? There, There's a, a bill in the aldermanic body uh, that homeless people uh, don't have anywhere to go to the bathroom, so they're going to decriminalize going to the bathroom uh, in public. Yeah, that, I think that's already happened in a lot of cities. What, what are your thoughts about that? I, that's nuts. It's crazy. I mean, we, we're losing all track of being civil in this country. There has to be a standard. There does. And and using the sidewalk is not the standard. Yeah, maybe we can make that our floor. Yeah. <laughs> we can start I mean, there and build upon it. Apparently yeah. we don't have Welcome a floor. Welcome to St. Louis. We don't poop on the sidewalks. I mean, we don't. We don't. We don't we don't police traffic. We don't. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things we don't do. I mean, we allow a drug park across the street from City Hall. Yeah. Although that, not right, right now, yeah. they still right have now. the gate how's up. How's the restoration yeah. going over there? Yeah, I'm sure it's really going well. I got an I got an email from William. He said, Rachel, if I have to use a poop bag to clean up after my dog, the unhoused can be required to do the same when they go in the street. Man, yeah. what a great what a great one. That, I know that might have been meant to be funny, but. I, uh, you know how Something. most people, like, you have your yard, and then you have a sidewalk, and then you have another three or four feet of right. grass. I never know whether mm-hmm. that's mine or not, or if I'm supposed to mow it or I've take I've never care known of it. that either. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, I was walking out to the Jeep, and there is a giant dog dump on that part, which is right next to my part. Um, what's your ruling on that? Oh, no, there's no rule. That, that's you pick there it up. No, yeah, you, yeah, pick it that's up. a bad dog owner. Yes. It's not mm-hmm. the dog's fault. Right. It's the dog owner's fault. And if you don't carry a bag with you, again, that's your fault. I've, I've actually had poop bags when I was doing the weather on TV. Almost any night I'd have a poop bag in my pocket. Nice. Just because I always had them. Always prepared. Just always had them. You know, you never knew with Dick Ford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What if everyone just let their dog go and didn't pick it up? I mean, that's the whole thing, right? What if everyone just went in the street? What yeah. if we just, Okay, this is going to be so stupid, but Dave's going to get this. So I grew up in the country, and we didn't pick up our dog poop. It just turned white, and then it disappeared. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw white dog poop. Because people pick up their dog poop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when I was a kid, like, it's you know. It's a Mandela effect. You would just, <laughs> like, you would, you'd see white dog poop and you'd be like, oh, it's almost gone. <laughs> yeah, but you were also you were also just dumping your trash in the ravine next to the road, too. Burning right? barrels. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. My dad burned the trash yeah. every single night. Yeah. Yeah. We had, a, you know, I remember growing up, especially elementary school. I think it started to change after that. But we had incinerators in the backyard. Yeah, we had one at uh, the grade school. Oh, because wow. in sixth grade, I saw people kissing behind the incinerator, and uh, I was oh, left out. And I was, uh, yeah, for South Rock Santa, it means you're married. Um, <laughs> you were left out. <laughs> yeah. Dave's like, you didn't invite me. I was playing kickball, and, and the ball went out into the field, and there are like six couples out there mashing behind the incinerator. I'm like, well, when did we start this? <laughs> I seem to have lost my invite in the mail. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's okay. I'm too busy I? playing kickball and being cool. That's right. <laughs> when do I get to mash him? <laughs> he, always... he just didn't land that, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Took a swing. <laughs> that was pretty funny, though. Uh, so, Dave, big change for the weekend? 
Yes, no question about it. Before we get to the weather, I want to remind people that there is a partial solar eclipse of the sun coming up on Saturday. Mm. Do not look directly at the sun. Use special glasses. Uh, there's a lot of stores around town that have them. It starts at 1032 in the morning. The mm -hmm. peak, which is 54% coverage, is 1157 in the morning. And it all comes to an end at 126. The bad news is we probably won't see it because it will be cloudy. <sighs> Bummer. But Man, I wanted to tell you anyway. I'm telling you that, was it 2017, something like that? The the, the last real mm -hmm. win? That was a total, yeah. I mean. Was that awesome? I just, I, I was... I kind I knew the concept, but it was just absolutely unbelievable. Mm -hmm. When when the 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 creatures, the night creatures started yep. making their noises and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the neatest part of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, go back in time, way back in time, when nobody even knew that was going to happen. Oh. Think how scary that would have been. I think it was Alexander the Great who had astronomers who knew about these things. And he used it as a, as a threat against one of his uh, enemies and said, if you don't comply in three days, the sun's going to disappear. And it did. And they're like, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Look that up. I think it was Alexander. That's a flex right there, man. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why he would have been called the great. Yeah, exactly. I watched a show about him the other night that they moved his body like 10 times. Mm-hmm. And when they did it, each time was like this enormous funerary kind of, you know. And then, okay, now we're really getting in the weeds. I'll get this wrong for all you Genghis Khan fans out there. But when he died, he wanted his tomb to be secret. So he sent a detail of people to bury him, along with another detail of soldiers to kill them. And another detail of soldiers waiting for them when they got back to kill them. So that there was no one left alive to know where it was. Kind of a jerk move. I'm kind of planning that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Andrew, come help me. Uh, come help me. Yeah, no, no, I think I'm going to pass on that. Here. Yeah, you don't want to be on the burial detail. <laughs> Do uh, mm -hmm. we, we still don't really know where Alexander the Great is, right? Or did no. we finally, every couple of years. They think he's like under a, a street in Alexandria. Yeah, every couple of years there's like a story that's like, oh, we found it. And then they tear up a street and it's like, oh, no, nothing. Yeah. It's all. Bigfoot knows where he is. Did you see the Bigfoot video, Dave? I did. What do you think? <laughs> I, I, I believe in it. So, yeah, why not? There, there you go. go. Hey. All right. Mm -hmm. That's what we like to hear. We yeah. do. That's a man of science agreeing right there. Yeah, I believe it. Right. <laughs> so uh, how, how cold are we going to get this weekend? All right. Well, tomorrow is windy and warm, pretty close to 80 degrees, so it doesn't feel like fall at all. Friday, the cold front comes in. Probably doesn't get through, though, until the end of the day. There'll be some showers and thunderstorms around, especially in the afternoon and early evening on Friday. The window of opportunity is noon to about 8 p.m. This is not a severe weather outbreak, but there might be a couple of storms that get strong across the area. Still 75 on Friday. Saturday and Sunday, mostly cloudy. It's windy and it's chilly. 58 for the high each day, and there'll be some wind-driven, fast-moving showers, cold showers around on Saturday. Not so much on Sunday, but Saturday, I think the, all of a sudden, a shower might hit you bang.
I like that. There you go. Might hit you bang. Might I like bang. that. Mm-hmm. Headlines, right? Headlines is brought to you by Schnooks. Get your groceries delivered or use curbside pickup with the Schnooks Rewards app. Did you guys see that the U.S. Coast Guard says it has recovered the remaining debris and presumed human remains from the imploded Titan submersible? Officials say the debris will be sent to a U.S. port for cataloging and analysis, and the remains will be analyzed by medical professionals. Well, I didn't hear I didn't the first part. No, we were still doing that. The what Coast, did we find? The Coast Guard has recovered the remaining debris okay. and presumed human remains from the Titan. <sighs> There's so much disinformation. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was going to be any human remains. Yeah. Yeah. We. I felt like we were told that it like imploded in such molecular a way. level. Yeah. Yeah. Molecular mm-hmm. level. Like they just kind of vanished out of existence the, yeah. as far as the naked eye would be concerned. A Florida woman is dead after an accidental shooting while she was recording TikTok videos with another woman who is using a rifle as a prop. 19-year-old Anaya Womack was shot in the stomach and dropped off at a local hospital after the incident and died hours later. Mariah Clayton was later identified as the suspect and arrested on a manslaughter charge last week. Police say she was inappropriately handling the rifle and was negligent in her actions. Okay. I know. I know that you're trying not to be caught or whatever, but that's always so grim when it's like she was dropped. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Very sad. Like just yeah, that's really weird. Pushed into the doorway and yeah. then they sped off. It's just ugh. Sorry, none of these stories are very fun. A man was arrested on Monday afternoon in New York City after allegedly jumping into one of the reflecting pools at the 9-11 memorial yeah. at the site of the World Trade Center. Like a 30-foot drop. Yeah. yeah. Into like 18 inches of water. Mm-hmm. He injured his leg and back in the incident and was taken to the hospital for non-life-threatening injuries. And we don't know a motive behind that, right? Apparently he was an emotionally disturbed person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and he said, a source says he told one of the responding officers that he, quote, did this for his father, though it's not clear whether he was referring to having lost his father in the attacks or what he was yeah. talking about, but sad situation. Uh, let's see here. Well, you want to do a happy story before we go to Oh, break? please, God, please. yes. <laughs> yes, yes. All, right. <laughs> All right. Chick-fil-A is the teen's favorite fast food restaurant, according to a new survey. The data was released yesterday and shows, once again, Chick-fil-A is the favorite restaurant brand among U.S. teenagers with 16% of the demographics vote. Starbucks came in at number two with 13%, McDonald's at 9%, Chipotle at 8%, and Raising Cane's at 3%. Let me tell you real quick how college life has changed. Phoebe's at KU. She's on a meal plan. Included in the meal plan is like eight different cafeterias, Chick-fil-A, wow. Starbucks, wow. and DoorDash. Mm-hmm. Oh, my wow. goodness. Yeah. It's a resort. Tough times. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. I find this really disturbing. So I'd always heard the urban legend that the skeletons in Poltergeist at the end that pop up, you know, when uh, Joe Beth Williams, by the way, when she was in the, was going to be a pool, but now it's all full of water, and here come the skeletons. I'd always heard that those were real people, and Steven Spielberg confirmed it. Oh, wow. They're real skeletons of someone's grandma. It's messed well, up. Where did they... Evidently, then and and still in some parts of the country, it's not illegal to trade in dead people's body parts. And Steven Spielberg thought it would be cool. He didn't tell the actors that it was someone's grandma until afterwards. 
And uh, you know, the skeletons had like flesh on them and stuff, uh-huh. which wasn't real. They put all that prosthetics on. But the skeletons themselves were real human skeletons. Okay. Okay. Now let me play devil's advocate for Oh, my God. <laughs> Poltergeist is a movie about disturbing space that should not be and things that should not be disturbed and in, and in exchange suffering the consequences yes. of disturbing uh, the, the rest of the dead. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg, while making this movie, thought, you know what would be cool if we took a bunch of real dead bodies and messed with them and tossed them all over the place? I don't know. It just seems kind of ironic that, like... How's that devil's advocate? It's not. <laughs> I used that <laughs> phrase wrong. He was excited. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was. I saw, I saw a thread in my head, and I, I chased I, it. I don't know. I just, I just find it completely disgusting, and oh, I is. think shame on him, and I that, think it's awful. Yeah. I totally agree. Would you guys think that... If that movie's made now, there's no way they do that. No. 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 People just were wild back then. We just yeah. did anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Uh, uh, Reitman? Reitman? Yeah. Killed the people on uh, in the, the Twilight Zone movie? Well, I mean, people died there was in an the accident, filming of yeah. it, but he yeah. didn't say, like, let's kill Vic Morrow. No, no, not at all. But I, I believe there was some serious, like, negligence going on in that situation. Yes. Which would not be going on today. You know what I mean? Like I just think, like Wheeler said, like well, Alec Baldwin like shooting somebody. <laughs> well, all right then. Why don't you take a well, couple <laughs> innings off there, Ace? You might have me well, there. Well, nevertheless, <laughs> the point is we shouldn't be making movies. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rachel, let me tell you a little bit about reality, Kevin. <laughs> That's my favorite drop in so long. It is pretty tell good. You a little bit about reality. <laughs> if it was the first time I'd heard that, I'd be surprised. But I've heard it many times. <laughs> the way he says Kevin, he's like Kevin. Yeah. I mean, I have that effect on people. <laughs> you guys know that. I have that effect on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Dave was trying to get me to hit the button. Using oh, my God. Rachel, like, share brain sign language. until we have to use sign language. He was doing this thing, like the jackpot Yeah, thing. because you coffee? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, take up for myself a little bit here. Dave's signals are crossed at times. Like, you'll, <laughs> sometimes you'll, like, point to the ceiling, and it's like, what does that mean? We've never established that that meant go to break. You got to go into, about? uh, like, charades mode. Yeah. Because you're good yeah, at that. Good at that. Get, get all sassy with it. <laughs> get all, know get all effeminate. That's going to do the voice, but I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Thank <laughs> you.